Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, folks, and we're trying to hook up with the lieutenant governor as we speak. But WWL invites you to ring in the new year at NOLA New Year's Eve's fireworks show. You can join us as spectacular fireworks light up the midnight sky along New Orleans' historic riverfront, east and west banks. Start your New Year's Eve celebration with the All-State Sugar Bowl Parade. That's right, a parade that rolls through the quarter at 2.30 on Sunday. Then explore our French Quarter restaurants, bars, shops, museums, um, and local clubs as we can as we await the countdown to midnight and a floor de lis drop atop the Jack's Brewery condominiums, followed by a world class fireworks show. And then the next day, New Year's Day, catch the 90th annual Allstate Sugar Bowl Football Classic with a kickoff at 7:45 p.m. No better way. Uh, to usher in 2024 than the tradition of the traditional floor-to-lead drop made possible by the generosity of New Orleans and Company and the NOLA New Year's uh, Ever Fireworks Show produced by Crescent City Countdown Club in partnership with the Mayor's Office of Cultural Economy and the New Orleans Tourism and Cultural Fund and presented by New Orleans and Company, the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the Burger and Tiller Families, French Quarter Festivals, and J&M Displays. you got to be there or stream the fireworks live on WWL.com and WWL Radio Facebook. And I want to really publicly thank all of the sponsors, all of those that have come together um, to put this on. A lot of people look forward to the Floor de Lee drop. You've got a, a great crowd in for the Sugar Bowl, and uh, we're going to be visiting with Tan Trung later, uh, he met with Jeff Hundley, the head of the Sugar Bowl, and they talk about all the ins and outs. Really interesting podcast. You're going to want to check that out. But more importantly, this is about the event. It's about the experience. It's about all of the activities in and around the game, and it's very important uh, for us. I understand that hotel occupancy rates are in the high 90s. Uh, Restaurants are booked. That That is great. Uh, sales tax dollars ought to be ringing up uh, for us during this period of time. So it looks like it's going to be uh, a great opportunity to, to hit a home run. And it, from what I can tell right now, it looks like the weather is going to cooperate as well, which that is huge if that holds true. Um, so it, it's lining up to be a, a, not only a great game, but a, just a a great experience across the city. So I'm really excited for everybody downtown, and hopefully, um, you know, we don't have too many issues with knuckleheads down there, but um, we shall see. And talking about uh, this event, one that the lieutenant governor has been very supportive of in the past, he joins us now from Pasadena with roses in his hands, I'm sure, as he's trying to get that float ready because the clock is ticking. Well, I actually know... I've got beignets in my hand. We found a little old lady in Pasadena. She's from New Orleans, and she has beignets truck. So we hire her, and she drives the truck into the den here. And we have hot beignets from 5 to 9 every morning uh, for everybody decorating all the floats. 
uh, here at the stand. So there's a line at the beignet truck right now. People lined up to get those beignets. <laughs> I just knew the choice between the rose and the beignet. You were choosing the beignet, my friend. <laughs> He's not the only one. <laughs> How are things going out, out there so far? Well, it's great. You know, as always, Louisiana steals the show. We had over 100 volunteers from Louisiana come out with us, and them mixing and mingling with people from all over the country here decorating these floats uh, tells Louisiana better than anything. We've also got uh, the alumni from LSU and Southern University that will be here. People that live in California come in later to help decorate the float. So it's just a great time. We also brought Louisiana seafood tomorrow, uh, and the next day we'll have a, a seafood luncheon, feeding everybody great Louisiana seafood. So, Billy, if you would, for the benefit of the listening audience, this starts when, and you got to have all this finished at what time? Yeah, we've got to be finished for the New Year's morning. Um, we'll have a rehearsal and judging on Sunday. Uh, I'm a little nervous because they're still welding on our float. Uh, on our website, there's a time lapse of the float being built. And it's hard to imagine that we're going to put over 130,000 rows of seed uh, orchids on this float in just three or four days. Uh, and every part of this float, every part of the steel or wood has to be covered in a seed weed. You can have no steel showing uh, for the judging if you want to compete for the prize. So y'all started when? Well, we started yesterday, uh, but they're still welding a few things on the float. Some of the preparations of the things going on the float are being worked on on the side, the floor to leaves, some of the rice being put on some of the little smaller parts. Explore Louisiana, uh, Louisiana. Those sides are being built around tables, around the float as we speak, uh, and more and more volunteers are coming in as we speak. And um, the the roses, if you would, describe how, how does that come in? I mean, y'all have access to it immediately, or is it coming in as you need it? Or well, right now work? I'm looking at I'm looking at carts of beignets, roses, orchids, things I can't even pronounce, um, trays and trays and trays in this big warehouse, and people in these buckets of Mark, Louisiana, then we know they go on our floats. So as they go on, they'll be moving them closer to the float. Uh, the roses are cut and put in a little water, a stickler, so they'll stay fresh. And uh, this incredible organization here. And, uh, and we're so proud to have so many music ambassadors from musicians. Uh, I'm right here with uh, one of our special guests. Tell them a little about why you're riding and what, what it means to you. Yeah, so I'm Curtis Doucette, and I'm representing the Dew Drop. In, which is reopening yeah. in January of 2024. And, I mean, this is super exciting. You know, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, look, first of all, this will be my first time on a float, right? That should have happened in New Orleans, but, I mean, I can't think of a, <laughs> a better opportunity if not in New Orleans, right? Um, so it's Absolutely. very excited, especially with the theme this year being about the world of music. Um, you know, next year is music year in, in New Orleans, and I think every year is music year in New Orleans. So I'm just really excited to be a part of this and to let the world know that we are open for business. And if you want to hear some good, innovative music, come to New Orleans. 
So what was your first impression when you walked into this warehouse and you see this massive production going on? What were you thinking? Oh, oh, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. I mean, to see, to see the float as it's coming together and just to imagine 130,000 flowers going on to this thing. I mean, I can't wait to see it because they haven't started placing the flowers yet, right? But it, it, is, right. it is amazing to see. So the amount of time in which this will happen is extremely impressive as well. And you guys will be performing, correct? Um, I won't be performing because nobody wants to hear that. But there are some, <laughs> there are some folks who will be performing, yes. Right, yeah. right. Sean Ardwin will be performing. Uh, Amanda Shaw. Uh, yeah, every part of the state that we partner with, Newell, will have their representative. Lafayette, um, we've got uh, James Burton from uh, Shreveport Bozy. He was Elvis's guitarist. He'll be riding, talking about the long history of music from the Shreveport Bossier area, Lafayette with Zydeco, Cajun, uh, jazz from New Orleans. So we got a little bit of flavor of all of Louisiana music history, and it's a great kickoff because next year uh, we're going to use the music industry of Louisiana to promote Louisiana all over the world. We'll be uh, participating in a lot of great music events, in Chicago, in L.A., and other areas of the country, highlighting all the great talent that comes out of Louisiana and uh, hopefully driving a lot of tourists to come to Louisiana. Billy, they, um, this this year there's uh, uh, kind of a, uh, a, another connection between Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl, right, because both – Bowl games are hosting the semifinal game as as we move forward to the national championship game, because the way that the rotation works is the Rose and the Sugar are paired up, have been paired up every year. That's going to change next year, but this is the last year that 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 pairing looks like will take place. Right, I, you know we've got a satellite truck here. Uh, our team has been giving interviews all over the world, and this morning I was live here in California talking about the Sugar Bowl, the great tradition, and, and, and what a great organization that is uh, as they talked about the, uh, the football game out here. So you're right. It's a great opportunity to talk not only about the float and tourism, about that great partnership that the Office of Tourism has with Sugar Bowl, with so many events uh, that they put on year-round uh, in New Orleans. So, uh, yeah, it's a great connection this year. And I know you'll be working hard because the Sugar Bowl is in the running for this 12-team playoff, whatever it's going to be next year. There are some concerns. Um, you know, we're a relatively small market. We're going to have to punch above, above our weight, but we do that every day, don't we? Absolutely. I'll actually be flying back uh, the, the uh, Sunday uh, before the parade here to, to be involved in the Sugar Bowl uh, festivities there uh, because we want to do all our, all we can to put our best foot forward. As you said, next year, as this thing progresses with more playoff teams, we surely want Sugar Bowl to be uh, competitive and a leader in, in, in those playoff games going forward. And the Office of Tourism is going to do everything we can to step up to the plate to make sure we're competitive to do that. Um. Billy, uh, they just announced yesterday that we will have our fireworks display New Year's Eve night with the floor delete drop. That was great news, and, and I guess they'll have some other entertainment 
as well as just another uh, activity for those that are visiting the city. And uh, we should be uh, excited about that, right? Absolutely. You know, there's been a lot of talk about why Dick Clark didn't come back. But going forward, uh, we surely would like to bring that back. And as we just talked about the playoffs and Sugar Bowl, I just think if we can put on that national show once again, it not only brings uh, national attention to Louisiana at the end of the year when people are planning their vacation next year, but it also bringing that national entertainment to the French Quarter when the Sugar Bowl uh, participants in town is just a little added flavor to the great time all those fans have that are there for the Sugar Bowl. So, you know, we had partnered with the Sugar Bowl and Allstate and the Office of Tourism for two years, and, and we did cutaways all over the state for the hour leading up to New Year's. So we got a good return on our investment, and, and hopefully we can come back and, and put that partnership together going forward. I think it would really make it a lot more attractive for those bowl games uh, to have that national attention on the city for Sugar Bowl. What are folks saying about the game out there, Alabama versus Michigan in the Rose Bowl? That game is played right before the Sugar Bowl. What, what, what are you hearing? Well, I hear a lot of, a lot of Alabama fans out, out here. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, you know, people are pulling for the SEC team. Uh, and uh, so I guess uh, there's a lot of talk out here, but it looks like uh, there's more Alabama fans here than, uh, than uh, Michigan. Yeah. Final thoughts? Uh, listen, we're excited. Uh, you know, Bill, I say it all the time. The best thing about Louisiana is our people. And these 100 volunteers that are mixing in the crowd here with everybody building all the floats, uh, it's Louisianans that make Louisiana so proud. And I hope everyone in Louisiana is as proud as I am of this float and the people representing Louisiana. Absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, checking in with us. We really appreciate it. Best of luck to y'all. I know the clock's ticking. Let's get those roses mounted right away. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you. Happy New Year, All right, Year, guys. Like, same to you. Th- thanks so much for joining us. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Folks, just a reminder, I will be at Caesars tomorrow talking about uh, the huge amounts of money that they are spending in developing and renovating uh, that facility there. Very exciting. Uh, A lot of stuff going on inside. New food court, uh, a a new sports betting area, obviously the new hotel you see going up. I mean, a really uh, moving along on that project, uh, huge uh, for the city on so many different fronts. And uh, we'll have opportunities to sit down with um, uh, principals from that organization and, and talk about what's happening and what's going on. I've been out there several times to visit with them and really look forward to broadcast live from, from out there. It, it's going to be uh, really buzzing this coming weekend, and, and I think a lot of folks are looking forward uh, to that as well. 
And this kind of all lends itself right into this uh, celebration that we're talking about. And I am I am very excited that uh, New Year's Eve uh, 2023 is being uh, put together. WWL and um, and 105, 870 and 105.3 and Magic 101.9, uh, we are all participating. We will live stream uh, this. So you can go to our website and see it uh, if you're not. If you're out at a party or you're not able to, you know, uh, uh, see it uh, in live or, or whatever, you can do it right there. We will bring it to you. And so many different people. This is what you call a true collaborative effort, right? A lot of people that have come together. Um, it's uh, presented by New Orleans and Company, Allstate Sugar Bowl, the Burger and Tiller Families, French Quarter Festivals, Inc., J&M Displays, the radio stations I just Mentioned, sponsored by Downtown Development District, French Market Corporation, Friends of the CCCC, Hilton New Orleans, New Orleans Paddle Wheels, Creole Queen, New Orleans School of Cooking, Riverview Room, Steamboat Natchez, Gray Line Tours, View Orleans, The Westin, uh, New Orleans Canal Place, supporters of the CCCC, also Garrity and Associates, Lawrence Curlin and Associates, Greater New Orleans Hotel and Lodging Association, Odyssey New Orleans, which is our stations, uh, experienceneworleans.com, French Quarterly Magazine, Gulf Coast Air Photo, Pat Quigley. And, of course, appreciation to the City of New Orleans Office of the Mayor, the NOPD, NOFD, New Orleans Emergency Medical Service, State Police, and the New Orleans Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness. <coughs> Participating uh, in this, there will be bands playing. They have all kinds of different uh, activities scheduled. Obviously, uh, there's a parade that starts off that day. It's going to start at Elysian Fields uh, back there in Decatur, come through the French Quarter, uh, past the French Market, obviously, uh, all of those uh, iconic landmarks uh, right there through uh, Beignet Alley, so to speak, and then uh, Jackson Square, uh, the Cathedral, uh, and and on down to Cater as they work their way uh, back to uh, Canal Street as well. And it, it's going to be chilly. It's going to be a little different. So it'll, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm kind of curious um, whether or not um, folks out there have their New Year's resolutions um, lined up. I don't, I don't have mine yet. i, I got to think about that. I'll, I'll probably have something that I'll think about uh, by tomorrow's show. We'll talk a little bit about it then. If you have your New Year's resolution, give us a call, 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line, or give us a text to let us know what you're thinking. Most people, there's been some recent polls uh, about this, um, and, and it's pretty much, I guess, the same, you know, every year, Um as it relates to what they are giving up, that you know they're going to live healthier, they're going to give up certain foods, and I was looking for the poll. I just had it here, and I, now I cannot find it. Um, and you know that talked about um, this is what happens every year, and, and whether or not they're able to live up uh, to their New Year's resolution and actually accomplish what they hope to give up. Um, and most people don't. They seem to fail uh, in that regard. And it's kind of interesting to, to see how, um, 
that plays itself out. And I'm going to have to try and make sure that I have it for tomorrow because I do not see it. Um, here it is. Now, got it. All right. So most folks in their New York uh, resolution uh, talk about a, a number of different things uh, about what they want uh, to do and what they don't want to do in some cases. And most of it is health-related, you know, that they want to eat healthier. Um, they want to, the, number one, improve their finances, 38.2%. 33% of the respondents say they want to lose weight. 31% say they want to improve one's diet. 8% are focusing on goals like learning a new skill. 7% say they want to set aside more time for hobbies. And 6% say they want to travel more. Uh, and obviously, uh, they have the experts look at, at these resolutions, and a lot of them are saying that as a result of this, their mental health, physical health, they're in, inextricably linked to this, and some of the outcomes or benefits are improved mood, emotion regulation, improved sleep, increased focus and attention, stress management, reduced risk for conditions like major depression, panic disorder, improved confidence, and self-esteem. Is that what you're thinking about? And there's been a little bit of a small shift, they said, away from focusing on mental health in 2024. It used to poll a lot higher. You're not seeing that. That may be... Me as we slide off the pandemic effect um, that we had and that so many people were experiencing, uh, that last year those numbers were a little higher. On a text line, my New Year's resolution will be to continue to drink alcohol, smoke cigarettes. I'm <laughs> hoping this will actually help me stick to my <laughs> resolution this year. My New Year's resolution this year is to not make a New Year's resolution. <laughs> so, a lot of folks ambivalent about whether or not they are, or, or they have failed miserably in the past in, in achieving their New Year's resolutions and obviously making. Let's go to Derek. Derek, you're up. What's your New Year's resolution, Derek? I, I really don't have one. You kind of caught me off guard. I was calling to ask you about the Caesars uh, expansion, but I guess now that you asked me is to listen to your show more. I love it. Love your show. Oh, well, well, thank you. I, yeah. I hope a lot yeah, more I people really have like, that. I, I really like you. You're pretty, <laughs> yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty even keel for being a conservative former law enforcement guy, and I think you approach the, the issues with some uh, I think I think when you have the type of job you used to have, no, you have to be impartial and you have to be a judge more or less. And I know the stuff that you did in the. But I was calling to ask you about. Uh, and again, great job when you when you were sheriff here. I think we had a well, we just had a better a better grasp on things. But then again, I know you're in a different career now. My question for you is this economic uh, effect that it's going to have with Caesars, and I know they're important to the community. But you know the Robert E. Lee statue we took down, and I was all for that. But why are we, you know, I think the problems with the Saints this year, you know, the problem is that Caesar was a slaveholder. He was, he was a, uh, one, of, one of the largest war criminals in history, and here we are. We look at things like Beauregard, and I'm, I'm for taking all those Confederate statues down, but this guy was way worse. And I know you have an economic 
you know, stand you have to take when supporting the sponsors of the station. But I think it, it's all coming to roost back with the Saints here by supporting this war criminal. And I don't know why they had to put Caesar's name. I like the Mercedes Dome uh, name a lot better. I think it's a shame to have this guy's name on it. I don't know what your thoughts were on that, but you may not be able to say anything, and I understand that. Well, I, 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 I'm not exactly sure whether or not this is, uh, and I do know that there's a there's a statute of, of, of Julius Caesar out there in Las Vegas, and I, I think it's it's a more nondescript thing of, of really um, an era. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we we could drill down and get into this identity thing over and over and over again. Uh, I don't find that anyone at any point in time in the history of the world has been perfect. Um, there are challenges that were unique to the era. Um, there were practices that were unique to the era. There were customs uh, and policies and procedures that were unique to the era. Uh, sometimes we lose sight of what was actually going on uh, during those points in time, uh, in wartime and otherwise. And explain why we would put the name on the dome. You know what I'm saying? Well, they they put the name on a dome because they it was a naming rights contract and, and it's all about the money. You're folks, right. It's, it's Robert the Mercedes. Well, Robert E. Lee wasn't making a, was, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, I, look, I think I agree with you about the same thing. I mean, I I didn't necessarily agree with with all of that. Maybe there's a more appropriate place to display the historic uh, nature of what went on in this country. I don't think that we should shun. Our history. I think we should learn more about our history. We should embrace the history. We should learn from the history. Um, and there's there's negative aspects to any individuals, whether it's race, um, uh, ethnicity, or otherwise. There's negative to every one of those histories, no matter where you go around the world. Uh, we went through a process here. For a short period of time, and, and in many respects, some would argue that we we are now course correcting on some of this, because what did it what did it actually mean? Um, the fact of the matter is, is that the way that we memorialize them uh, is is one thing, but to try and attempt to rewrite history, forget history, or otherwise, as opposed to looking at it as a learning opportunity, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That's a great explanation. It is what it is. It happened. I mean, you know, and we can try to turn our backs on it. We can try and walk away from it. But does, do we all do we all end up more educated as a result of taking that approach as as okay. taking a different approach? So it is know. what it is. It happened. So anyway, all right. Uh, thank you for the call. I'd love to hear. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't know that that was going to have to be um, as cerebral of a, of a question. I thought it was going to be more about a New Year's resolution. Uh, as you can tell, I'm struggling with a, a bad sinus attack right now. so <laughs> And I apologize for the coughing uh, while, while answering uh, the question as well. All right, let's get to a break. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Um, give us a shout. Tell us what your New Year's resolution may be or not be uh, when we return.
This is Newell on WWL. Well, on a text line, it says, I don't think the Caesar organization named their company to honor Caesar the man. I think they named their company to suggest when you go to Las Vegas, you can live like Caesar did. They bought the naming rights to the Superdome to promote their company, not honor Caesar. And finally, it's stupid to judge people from the past by today's standards. Life was different during the Roman Empire than it is today. Um, couldn't have said it better myself. I, that's what I attempted to say. Thank you for the assist. And one of my friends on the North Shore said, my New Year's resolution is to be more like Sheriff Grady Judd and tell it like it is. No sugarcoating. Best regards, Don Marshall Constable over there. If you don't know Sheriff Grady Judd, uh, he is in Pike County, Florida. I think it's Pike County, Florida. It's in between Tampa Bay and Orlando. And uh, I know the man well, served on many uh, national committees with him. Uh, and when he runs for reelection, he gets like 96, 97, 98% of the vote almost every time. You know who finishes second? Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck? Because you can write in candidates in Florida. And usually it's a Disney character that finishes second, third, and fourth place um, in Pike County uh, there. Typically, I send him a little text message making uh, fun of that. And we have um, a little tete-a-tete going back and forth relative to um, no one else in the country wins with 98% of the vote uh, as sheriff, but Sheriff Grady Judge, Judd, excuse me. You know, earlier we talked about, on a national level, of challenges in 2024. On a state level, we're going to have many as well. And one of them is going to be, I think, well, hopefully it's addressed in the crime special session that governor-elect, um, that the governor-elect, excuse me, uh, intends to call. Uh, and, and hopefully the governor-elect, Jeff Landry, when he does call it, puts on the agenda juvenile justice. Uh, we have been all over the map with juvenile justice. Uh, back in the day when Mitch Landrew was the lieutenant governor, uh, there was this move afoot to adopt programs that you see in other states, Nebraska being one, uh, South Carolina being another, and a number of us uh, visited uh, these uh, places where they have a very holistic plan put together. And unfortunately, we never got there. We imploded juvenile incarceration in the hopes that we would have alternatives to incarceration set up. Uh, we were going to uh, allegedly set up uh, a penal system that was going to look like what it did uh, in Missouri and, and others. Uh, it was um, former Attorney General John Ashcroft, who was the governor there, who actually set it up. It was very impressive uh, what they were doing. It was not cheaper uh, than incarceration. It was more expensive, but they had great evidence-based outcomes. And they were things that were that juvenile offenders were compelled to do, like get a GED if they didn't have it. Otherwise, they would stay under the supervision of juvenile justice. Uh, they had all kinds of probation programs. They had mentoring programs, day reporting programs, uh, always about compliance, always about accountability, 
always held to a standard, and if they violated, there were serious sanctions that were imposed immediately. But it was human capital intensive. But it worked. And we never did get there because we never did make it a priority. We never did want to put forward the funds necessary to do so. And uh, I can't think of a better time to do it than right now. To be thinking about how this is going uh, to work. And, you know, so um, hopefully it's going to be on the agenda. Hopefully they take it seriously. Um, We've got finger pointing uh, going on right now with juvenile justice system, mostly on the incarceration side as to what's going to be the best way to handle this moving forward but meanwhile we know that juvenile crimes up the severity of the crimes being committed by juveniles are up this is not unique to the state of louisiana (coughs) all over the country so the fact of the matter is is that this is something that everyone is trying to get their head around their hands around to try and figure out how how to do it and uh, we should go back and look at the plans that we had um, before, but not rely on not-for-profits to do it for us because it's not going to happen. We have to take control. If you don't control it, it won't happen. And we tried to not control it. And what happened? It didn't happen. And we can we can kid ourselves and try that same approach today. And I suspect we'll have the same outcome. You know, we're talking about whether or not they should be at Angola or in in other juvenile lockdown facilities or not. Um, the fact of the matter, some of these um, juveniles are bad, bad offenders. And they needed to be treated um, in a different way from some of the other juvenile offenders that we see. And rehabilitation is going to be more difficult with some of these than others. We're not going to save them all. We're kidding ourselves if we believe that that's going to happen as well. So it's really incumbent upon (coughs) next legislative (coughs) session, whether it's special or otherwise, and hopefully they'll they'll look at this and try to come up with some alternatives um, and try to improve uh, on this, and we'll see what's what's going to come out and what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of sound bites that are going to be generated by this. I'm certain because that's always the case. That's not a criticism; it's just an observation. Uh, but hopefully, we take this a lot more seriously and make it a, a priority uh, because we are hurting. We're hurting on many different fronts. Our communities are hurting as a result of juvenile crime. We've got to get our hands around it. I think we need a more proactive truancy program for sure. And we got to make it, you know, uncomfortable for parents that are not on top of their kids and have them going to school. And it's a day-by-day thing. There's no panacea solution, and we're not going to resolve it in a year. So we'll see gradual improvements every year but you got to stay the course you can't give up you just got to stay the course and that's the problem is we jump in we get a grant you know grants are, are great but they're not the solution 
you have to have skin in the game. You have to have operational revenue that's going to be uh, provided to keep these programs going, not relying on a one or a two or a three-year grant, and that's all you're going to spend. And you jump in, and you got the sound bites, and you're touching the surface, and you're not digging deep, and you're not developing infrastructure that's going to carry these programs on long term. And so I, I, I don't want to hear about grants. And I, and I intend to call people out when we get into this grant uh, dialogue all the time as to how they're going to sustain these programs when these grants go by the wayside. All right, folks, we'll be right back. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jeweler Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. And I was uh, corrected. It's not Pike County. It's Polk County. And that's right. As soon as I saw it, I appreciate the texter for setting me straight. When we come back after the top of the news break, we'll visit with Tim Temple, the incoming Louisiana Insurance Commissioner. And in the back half of the 12 o'clock hour, Tontrong, WWL multimedia journalist, has released a new podcast about the Sugar Bowl and the impact that it has and what lies in the future for the Sugar Bowl. You are going to want to listen to this podcast. A lot of great information, uh, but we'll have an opportunity to talk to Tan Trung uh, about that podcast in the back half of the 12 o'clock hour. So stay with us. We will be right back, folks. This is Newell on WWL. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 